Live from the Zimmer Radio World Headquarters in the heart of the Midwest, this is the Gary Nolan Show. Now, here's your proud card-carrying member of the Libertarian Party, Gary Nolan. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Uh, it is seven minutes after the hour. Coming up in the next half hour, among other things, we'll talk about yesterday's uh, intrusion into the Capitol uh, and some comments made on Facebook. We'll uh, we'll chat about that. In the meantime, the Show Me Institute on board, they say he is the new director of municipal policy. But I know David Stokes is not new. He's been around for at least 20 years, probably longer than that. Uh, just how new are you? David, welcome. How are you? Doing great, Gary. Thanks for having me back. It's great to be back on the Eagle with you and your listeners, and it's great to be back as returning to the Show Me Institute, and, and great to be back on your show. Well, we're glad to have you. By the way, uh, you're also on uh, our affiliate stations uh, that cover uh, Jeff City and Lake of the Ozarks and in Springfield as well. So uh, most Fantastic. of the state uh, is going to learn a little bit about what's going, <laughs> what's going on in Columbia, including the stupid garbage bag thing. Uh, but let's uh, let's get into uh, HB 607. What is this? Well, this is a bill uh, pre-filed. Uh, it hasn't, of course, very well might not pass. Uh, but it's very it's very interesting. It it authorizes. It doesn't mandate, but it authorizes Boone County to institute sort of a property maintenance code in the unincorporated parts of the county for rental properties. And this isn't uncommon uh, around the state, but it's still something that people should ask some hard questions about and, and perhaps be concerned about. Right now, you know, in unincorporated Boone County, you don't, you don't have a property maintenance code for rental properties. And, and while there are no doubt, you know, issues that, that need to be resolved and, and renters, between renters and landlords, I'm not sure that a, a new comprehensive property maintenance code with all of the mandates and rules and requirements there is the answer, because we've seen in other parts of the state, particularly St. Louis County, how these codes have been just significantly abused. All right. I, I actually think I know who uh, is the uh, the author of this piece of legislation. He's a friend of mine, and, I, and he and I disagreed on this. Um, Give us the details. What is it? What do I have to? I'm a landlord, uh, and I've got a, a piece of property. I want to rent it out. I have to jump through hoops, meet government regulations in order to do this. You do. And the rules, I'll read directly from the, the bill here quickly. The rules regulations shall require each rented resident, each rented residence provide structural protection, access to water, sewer, electrical service, basic security, and some other things. Now, all of those things are good things. And I have, I'm certain to say that in the free market economy where nobody forces renters to rent anywhere, that landlords provide all of these things. But that's just what it lists that it, this new bill, I'm sorry, that this new code, if enacted, what it has to provide. It can also, you know, list and mandate a bunch of other things going forward. And that's what you've seen in other parts of Missouri. And the abuse from these codes comes from when cities, and we've seen a lot of this in St. Louis County, but you've seen it elsewhere as well, where cities start to use these fines to fund municipal government, where they start looking for grass that's too long, for shutters that aren't properly painted. And they start to target people for, in order to raise money, oftentimes targeting maybe political opponents of the people who don't, of the people who run these cities. And it's happened a lot. After Ferguson, when the state of Missouri enacted 
much tighter limits on how much money cities could raise from speeding tickets and traffic fines, and those limits and changes were wonderful and desperately needed. But a lot of cities, especially small, poor cities that don't have a lot of property tax or sales tax money, they turn to these fines, these property t- fines, to try and fund themselves. And if anybody wants to give just one great article on it, the November 4th, 2015 New York Times had a big story on Pagedale, Missouri, which is a suburb of St. Louis, which started really abusing these fines in order to raise money. And that's really the concern I have with 607. It's not that... It's not that buildings shouldn't provide structural protection and access to water and electrical. Of course they should, and they do. It's where will this code be taken long term? And maybe people are confident that Boone County will never become St. Louis County in the way the cities abuse it and target people. But, you know, that's just a concern, and I hope people ask some tough questions. Is this the piece of legislation introduced by Chuck Basie? It is. Okay. Uh, I, I House Bill 607. I disagreed with this because, uh, you know, if I have a a really inexpensive piece of property that I can't afford to uh, to update, uh, maybe I charge a whole lot less, and it gives somebody who has no place to stay an option of some place to stay. Um, absolutely, that's how that's how markets can 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 work with this. A- absolutely, you know, there's some people want luxury housing. Some people, for a number of reasons, maybe they have limited resources. Maybe they just need a place to stay temporarily. Maybe they want something much more bare bones and affordable. Uh, absolutely, those are great comments and concerns. So that's that was my uh, my opposition to this. The free market, you know, if I'm offering a place that is just deplorable then nobody wants to rent it. But if you make me invest all that money in this piece of property that I maybe can't afford to, uh, then I have to raise the rent, and now they can't afford that either. Exactly. And then they'll go to something like reenacting the low-income housing tax credit program around the state of Missouri because now they say, you know, there's no, there's not enough low-income housing. But one of the reasons you don't have low-income housing is rules and regulations like this make it hard to offer low-income housing because it's expensive to to build and operate it. Yeah, that's uh, that's why I think you just let the marketplace decide. If the place is so awful you can't live in it, then nobody's going to rent it. Uh, and if that's the only place they can afford, at least they have a roof over their head. Um, and so I think we stay out of this, and, and I think that's a, a point well made. I appreciate you coming on. You supported my argument there. Uh, <laughs> well, your, your arguments are always great. <laughs> I had usually a couple of million more of you listening to the program. Uh, let me move on because there is a – and I've talked about this. Uh, for those of you who are uh, living down in, in other cities, listening to us around the state of Missouri um, – In the city of Columbia, they have been arguing that trash collection as it stands today is dangerous and more expensive, and so they're trying to control the costs, and they've decided that they're going to give you two bags a week for your trash. Uh, My wife and I alone can exceed that but on certain occasions, but if you've got a family of four or five, this isn't going to work. But that's okay. You can buy more trash bags. You have to have the right trash bags because they have to have the city's logo. Otherwise, the city will just leave the bags on your front lawn. Well, it's a crazy system they've proposed here. 
and it's just a, a sort of a, a small labyrinth of rules and regulations people have to follow. And the part right. about so, only certain bags is is insane. So people all right, so so here's what I want to do. Now. Here's what I want to do. I want to I want you to hang on because I'm up against a commercial break. Uh, but tell me what what you see as the problem when we uh, return. Uh, and, and you know, if somebody else's uh, you know community is thinking of doing this, might want to pay attention. You're listening to the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. Welcome, glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is uh, 17 minutes after the hour. He's not new, but he is the new director of uh, municipal policy at the Show Me Institute. He is David Stokes. And uh, we're talking about this uh, trash bag deal in uh, the city of Columbia, which uh, he and I apparently both don't. This is twice. We, I don't usually agree with my guests twice in a row, but uh, we agree on this. So what's the downside to all this and what is the solution? Well, in reading and studying about this issue uh, in preparation for coming on here, I'm, you know, read what the city of Columbia was saying, why they're trying to make these changes. And they keep they keep mentioning in, in the, all the newspaper articles and in the, the public commentary that, you know, it's, it's about the cost of the way that they were doing trash in Columbia. It's about safety of the, of the people working for the, for the city, collecting the trash with so many loose bags and, and bulk items and people are getting hurt. And no, nobody wants to downplay the importance of, of that. But if they're looking to save money and if they're looking to, to protect the workers, then it seems strange that they haven't more seriously considered the, the, the automated roll cart system for trash collection that so many places in Missouri have. Oh and I, I noticed there was some opposition to, to roll carts uh, in Columbia. There's even a, a Facebook page dedicated to opposing roll carts in Columbia. But if you want something, my trash was picked up yesterday. A person drove down my street, pulled over. Uh, somebody has the job. Somebody's doing it, driving the truck. And then an automated system pulled up, picked up my trash, and dumped it. And it was easy, af- affordable, and and safe for the people involved in it. So if, if they're worried about the, the danger for the people involved, for the trash collectors, and that's, again, a very legitimate worry, I don't know why they haven't more strongly considered the safe, affordable, technologically efficient roll cart system in Columbia. They have considered it. But there are people out there who just, literally, they they actually forbade them from promoting it. It was the most incredible uh, thing I'd ever seen. I've lived in communities that have the roll carts you're talking about, and they were perfectly fine. I had no problem with them at all. Um, But for some reason, there are people in this city that absolutely won't, won't even let you talk about it. I mean, they get offended when you bring it up. I don't get it. Well, as, as you as you note, I went to the Facebook page, like no roll carts for Columbia. It seems a, an obscure topic for a Facebook page, but I guess that's the point of Facebook. But anyway, that's a very good system. If you're looking to, to save taxpayer money, improve safety for, for the workers, cut down on workers' compensation costs, all all these items were listed in, in by the city of Columbia as reasons for moving to this new system. And here you have a simple roll cart. All you do as a homeowner is throw your trash away and move it to the street once a week. It takes two minutes to do it. And it's a very easy-to-go system. But, but trash is something that 
that people people just like to fight about. We've seen at, at Show Me Institute years and years ago, you know, we've seen many cities fighting over this. Some people like a very, very free market system where where anybody can con- contract with any trash hauler they want to come whenever whenever they want. And there's that's a, that works well. There is a legitimate concern with that type of system with no limits or no rules. That does a lot of damage to streets if you've got if you've got trash trucks coming onto your neighborhood street five days a week going to different houses, I mean, that's going to damage a lot of your streets. So more of a, a roll cart system where where the city just outsources, outsources it to private companies is another one w- wonderful way to do this. Many cities do that. Municipalities don't have to have this labor-intensive trash system where they impose what Columbia is doing here with, as I said, a small labyrinth of rules and regulations to follow. It just seems crazy. It seems it seems cutting your nose to spite your face here to, to do what should be a relatively simple thing of pick up trash with modern technology. You know, if I may interject here, the, the, the fear of having all these trucks every day driving down the road, everybody has their own trash collector. But I would imagine that a company that, say, uh, signs up one or two people on the street is going to be offering better and better deals the further down the street they go. You know what? I got the first four houses. If I can get your house in and another house in, um, you know, the price per house will drop uh, because while we're on the street, we'll just pick up everybody's garbage. And I think they can almost eliminate that problem uh, just because of the convenience. And I know there are other cities that do this and have done it successfully. Uh, Well, what what you saw, Gary... What I saw is a lot of, in places that had that, in many places, neighborhood associations would step up, step up sort of on a voluntary basis and negotiate on behalf of the residents of the neighborhood, of the community, uh, and it worked really well. When people would say at their annual neighborhood meeting, go through the bids with the trash companies, the private trash companies, and then as a neighborhood, they would agree that for the next year, this company will get this contract. That does work very well. But also you saw... You saw some parts of, of cities and counties where maybe the homes were a little spread out. Maybe they didn't have the, uh, the type of neighborhood association like that. And you did, you did have an issue in places with trash, different trash trucks just serving a few houses. And then, bam, you know, you've got trash trucks coming up three or four days a street, three or four days a week, and you're spending a lot of money on street repair. So it, it was an issue in some places. But generally speaking, yeah. You get neighbors come together, like happens so often in social society, where people just come together on their own and deal with the problem and don't have to involve a new law. They don't have to involve the lawyers. They don't have to involve the city government. They just solve things on their own. You know, I want to get back for just a second. I've only got a couple of minutes left, but I want to get back to our first topic if I can. Uh, Absolutely. When I first moved to Columbia, I did rent uh, property. And I was suddenly served notice by my landlord that I had to let the city come in to inspect my rental property. And I objected to it. I said, no, I don't want people coming through here. This is, I'm renting it. I'm living in it. I'm happy with it. Stay out. Uh, and the guy actually came to the door, and I, I refused him. My landlord got upset because it apparently cost him money, and I didn't know that it did. Uh, but that's, you know, that... that uh, ability of the government to come into your house when you don't want them into your house, in your house, it, it, that's the sort of thing that also grows out of those mandatory, uh, you know, 
minimums for, for housing. Well, you deal with a lot of occupancy codes. Like that's what it, it comes down to for rules like that are sort of occupancy codes where every time a new house is sold or a rental property is, is let out and a tenant changes, the city or county in places with occupancy codes, and many do, but many, many places don't have these, it's just sort of assumed that the government will come in and ins- inspect the property. And the problem with it is that this is mandated even in instances where there is no issue. Like nobody has expressed any type of concern. No, no complaint has been filed, legitimate, legitimate complaints or, or not. It's just sort of assumed that the government's going to come in and, and inspect the property. When we bought our house uh, in St. Louis County, for no reason, somebody came in and, and did an inspection of the house before, it was, before we were able to to occupy it and there was no nobody asked that for that the people who sold it to us didn't ask for that we didn't ask for it it just is assumed it's going to happen and a lot of people do do object to it and then you know it's sort of it's sort of just the type of thing that you get used to unfortunately in many urban areas especially where they're fairly common and it's just a part of doing business and and people like yourself renters who don't like it you know it's it's good people should stand up the government doesn't have a right to come into your property for no reason uh but we allow it in way too many instances yeah well the government writes these laws ostensibly because they think you're too stupid that's behind almost every one of these silly laws and i'm not just talking about housing but all kinds of other laws that are designed to protect you from yourself. They know better. They're the bureaucrats. You're too stupid. And so to protect you from your own ignorance, we will uh, tell the bar they can't allow smoking, uh, tell the restaurant they have to be inspected, tell the house uh, homeowner you have to let these people in to inspect before you sell. It's always uh, the underlying e- explanation is you're too stupid. Uh, all right, let me let, geez, I got maybe a minute or two. I'll try and grab a phone call or two. I'll get Michael on the line. Michael, welcome. You're on the Gary Nolan Show uh, with David Thank Stokes. You, Gary. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate you taking my call. Um, I just wanted to chime in real quick on the situation with the city of Columbia saying they're only going to give us like two trash bags and we can buy more. That is got to be the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of because what we'll find is all your big box stores and stuff like that I'll bet you their trash cans are going to start getting a lot fuller and we'll start seeing a lot more uh, trash bags on the street you know people just kind of rolling by in the middle of the night and pushing them out of the car because they can't afford to buy more and I know like my neighbor he puts out probably six to eight trash bags a week because he's got a big family kind of like you guys already he said. Yeah, he'll be brokered in the Ten Commandments. All right. Uh, <laughs> good point, Michael. Thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. David Stokes, thank you for coming on board. I can't wait to have you back on. Gary, thanks for the opportunity to talk. And, you know, these, these types of codes, these occupancy codes or these property maintenance codes, the real there's a lot of concerns with personal liberty, but also, you know, they do get weaponized and turned against poor people and political opponents most frequently. And it's very, it's very concerning, and I hope people ask a lot of tough questions about it. I hope so, too. Thank you very much. David, thanks, take Gary. care. Great to be with you. All right. Bye-bye. David Stokes from the Show Me Institute.